What is going on, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Pardon the Disruption. I am your host, Matthew Potter. I am your short sale connection, uh, hedge fund connection, and I'm also the co-founder of The Family Tree at Real Brokerage. Reach out to us for details on that. For those that are tuning in for the first time, I'm going to give you a rundown on how we do things around here on Thursdays. Um, we have five pre-selected questions for our panel to answer. Each one is going to get 45 seconds. And then after that, there will be two minutes of lively discussion, I'm sure, on all of our topics today. After that, we are awarded points. The one with the most points wins. Pretty simple. There is a sixth question that comes from you, our audience. And you can go ahead and comment on YouTube, Instagram. You can also text it over to 33777 for us to go ahead and get, go ahead and text question to that. That being said, we couldn't do this without our sponsor. Thank you so much to Tony Javier with 10X TV. If you are looking to get involved in TV advertising, go ahead and check it out at tvwithtony.com. We're gonna go ahead and get into introducing our panel right now. We're gonna start off with our winner from last week. We have Chris C.J. Jefferson out of Richmond, Virginia. Introduce yourself, boss. Chris Jefferson, Richmond, Virginia, resident champion of uh, Pardon the Disruption. <laughs> Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to see you. Uh, RJ, I have no idea where you're at, man. I'll, I'll be quite honest, it's making me a bit nervous, your placement. <laughs> Uh, it's giving me very much uh, serial killer vibes like ID Discovery. Uh, but it's very good to see you. All right. Uh, Charged Up University, you know the vibes, man. It's good to be here. Absolutely. Thanks, CJ, for coming to us with AOL Dial-Up as always. We appreciate you for that. Next up, we're going to go ahead and kick it over to uh, Steve over in the next office. Steve, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, what's up, everybody? Steve Trang, Real Estate Disruptors. I've been in, doing this business for about 16 years now. Uh, the reason why I feel qualified to teach real estate is because I've made every single mistake possible. So, you know, I'm always uh, happy to share with that. And then also, uh, if we could just ask Chris to use the same internet he uses for his webinars as he could for PTD, because I know his webinars don't look like this. There's no way his webinars look like this. So we could just please just use that internet. And then that's all I got for now. I think he's used up all the minutes for the webinar, so <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe we can go ahead and get a GoFundMe going for him. All right, next up, uh, always a good time to see our friend RJ Bates coming to us from Dahmer's Lake House. Go ahead and introduce yourself. <laughs> uh, what's up, guys? RJ Bates third here. We are in the middle of doing 50 deals in 50 states in 50 days. And so, because we go live for eight to 10 hours a day, Cassie is sitting at my desk and I'm booted in the other part of the office. And yes, we're on a lake house and maybe it's not the nicest decor with our wood paneling, okay? But it is what it is and I've got a beautiful view. And I'm looking very much looking forward to today's questions. It looks like it's going to be a riveting episode of Pardon the Disruption. <laughs> Oh, it's going to be fantastic, and we love your wall decor. I agree. Don't be a lady. Be a legend, RJ. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> Appreciate that. Last but certainly not least, joining us again after a week hiatus, we finally found him over there in York, Pennsylvania. Eric Brewer, introduce yourself. Uh, I actually am going to defer uh, this opportunity to talk about myself and just give some feedback on RJ and CJ. Um, sorry, I was texting. <laughs> 
child services on behalf of RJ. Uh, he's clearly in a dangerous environment. Um, CJ, I would say that your win last week was very similar to the Lakers championship in the bubble. Uh, and here moving forward, it'll have an asterisk next to it because it really doesn't count if I wasn't there. Um, Steve, I love you, and I'm going to leave you alone for now. Thank you. Appreciate You're welcome. That. Quite possibly the greatest intro that we've ever had on the show. Um, looking forward to a great one. We're going to go ahead and start it off with our first question today. Like today's NFL draft, what are some pieces that are your organization's needs? Start us off, CJ. I would just say, man, honestly, just more sales, more marketing. Uh, I think that sales and marketing are the cornerstone of our business, uh, both businesses in terms of our internet business and real estate business. Uh, I think a lot of the other parts of it you can fix uh, pretty easily over time, but sales and marketing, good reps uh, in both of those areas are really, really hard to find. And in our internet business, being able to create traffic, being able to get people to our brands to see the things that we're doing is extremely important. And that's something we're always trying to get better at and optimize even more. Same thing with our real estate business, right? How can we get better at sales? How can we get better at the marketing component of it? And uh, who can we bring in to always help uh, increase that and do a better job? Outstanding. Um, shocked that you didn't talk about getting a reliable internet service provider, but that's okay. No, no, no. I kind of, I just like to. If you sold more, you could pay for that stuff. So he's. <laughs> that's why I need to. That's, bro, that's why I need to. Top of the marketing. funnel, that's Potter. Top of the funnel, Potter. Know your KPIs, buddy. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Next up, Steve, what about you? What are the needs? Uh, I would say it's a person that can actually go out there and raise more capital. You know, we are getting deals and we're dispositioning them in multiple ways. But it'd be nice to be able to take down a few more of these. And, you know, with the fund that we're intending to, to launch, it'd be really good to have a person whose sole responsibility is to raise money. So I would say a person just to raise capital. I like it. I like it. All right, RJ. Besides new digs, what are your needs? <laughs> Uh, as much as I like 420 Steve, I like today's version of Eric. I hope this <laughs> version of Eric shows up every week. Um, what we need is exactly what we're doing right now, which is me and Cassie, we have taken time away from the business. We're diving back into the trenches a little bit to similar to what we did back in 2020 when we did the first 50-day challenge, which is to get in there ourselves, understand what's happening, redefine some of the processes in what we're doing because we brought on a lot of different marketing channels. So whether that's Lead Zolo, Speed to Lead, some of the Facebook and Instagram ads that we're doing, understanding the processes and redefining those so our team can mirror the results that we get during these 50 days. So that's why we're doing the challenge. Back to basics. I dig it. I dig it. All right. What about you, Eric? What, what are your needs right now? So for us, um, we're, we're in a, a growth um, period right now. And uh, about two and a half years ago, I was introduced to Jim Collins. And he introduced me to this concept of the 20-mile march. And there's really four key components to what he considers to be a great business. And it's uh, productive paranoia, empirical creativity, and fanatic discipline. And when I stepped away and I looked at myself and I looked at my business, I thought we were a great example of two out of those three, and I was a horrible example of fanatic discipline. I lacked it literally in every aspect of my life. So in order for us to grow and, and at the same 
and maintain the success we've already had, we have to get better at this. We've got to be more disciplined at our discipline. So we're doing that through some training. Um, we've made some key um, personnel changes. Um, and uh, that is the one area. So we will, we will gravitate towards people uh, in a draft that will help us improve in the area of discipline. Eric, you brought up Jim Collins. And so I'm going to ask you, because this is something that we talk about at the crucible. Um, we talk about hedgehog concept. And, and so I'm always curious with people like you that do novations, obviously, but you have other things in your business that you do. How do you define what your hedgehog concept is? It's, I, it's challenging because I don't have discipline. Right. Like in order to, 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 to execute on a hedgehog concept, it requires discipline. Right. Like it, it's, it's basically the definition of discipline is picking one thing, being world class at it and not coming up for air until you've set the standard. Um, I have a successful real estate business. I got 15 other failing little businesses that I thought would be cool, that I would start up, that I thought would make money just because I touched it. And the reality is, is that this real estate business has been successful because I worked in it. I, I, I've, I've participated at a high level for a very long time and I finally earned the right to step away. When that happened, I thought I could just start a bunch of businesses and step away right away. Um, and it didn't happen. And, uh, you know, honestly, I'm sure at different times it, it had a negative impact on this business. So I suck at it, the hedgehog concept. I'm constantly trying new things. Uh, but what I've been able to do is, is, is put people in places um, in those businesses now that have discipline that will execute on that hedgehog concept. And I get to run around and start a bunch of new shit. Nobody else, man. We're not using the full two minutes. Are we saving it for questions that are later guys? <clears throat> All right. So based off, uh, based off of that round, um, I'm going to go ahead and give that one. I'm going to go ahead and give that one to uh, basement, our basement guy over there, RJ. Um, you, get, you get a point this round. Uh, I think that's the first time you've ever gotten a point in the first round. Congratulations. Hey. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Next up, what do we got going on here? We got when is the right time to buy properties via creative solutions such as Sub2, Creative Finance, and also we'll throw Novations in there. Start us off, RJ. So it's funny that this question follows right behind what Eric was just talking about with the hedgehog concept. Um, I think if your hedgehog concept is wholesaling, you need to have your wholesaling business set up to the point where it can run without you being present. So then you can step aside and essentially create a new business, which is whether whatever you're doing with sub two seller finance, novations, whatever that is, it's based around an exit strategy of what? Flipping, owning it as a rental, becoming a landlord, uh, becoming a bank with seller finance or owning it as an Airbnb. That's a whole separate business and you need to be prepared to run that as a separate business. So I, I wanted this question to be asked because I think right now it's easy for wholesalers to fall into the shiny object syndrome of like, hey, Eric told me I need to go do novations, but you might not be set up to do novations yet. Good points. Good points. All right, Eric, what about you? I have really two answers. Number one to RJ's point is when you and your business are ready. Um, you can have everybody tell you that the market conditions and economy and interest rates and all that stuff um, 
indicate that it's the right time to start doing something. Um, but frankly, if you don't have the infrastructure or the right people, it doesn't matter what the rates are or what the, the market looks like, you'll fail. So I think number one is when you're ready. Number two is, I think it's, it's, it's impossible to neglect the fact that things like sub two, creative finance, innovations really should be part of your business all the time. Right. So to, to RJ's point, your hedgehog concept to be to offer a desirable solution to as many sellers that we feel we're able to deliver on. If that was your hedgehog concept, innovations and special finance and sub two always fits into that. So to me, there's two answers. One, when you're ready. And two, you should always be ready. Very nice insight. We appreciate it, Eric. All right, CJ, what about you? You're muted. Okay. Mime time. I think Eric's pretty spot on, but I, I think we're all going to say pretty much the same thing, right? Like it, the, the answer is when you're ready, but the answer at the same time is also the business that we're in to me, right? Is not wholesaling per se. The business that we're in is direct to seller marketing. That's the actual business that we're in is marketing to homeowners directly. And so if that's the business that you're in, you got to create exit strategy opportunities from that. And I think, adding seller financing into your plate early on is something that I think a lot of people should do. It's a less risky strategy. It's not an extremely difficult strategy to run uh, at all. The pitch is very similar uh, or the same uh, as what you're going to be making in a, any sort of cash purchase pitch. I think sub two, I think innovations could get a little bit more complicated and maybe take a little bit more of a skill set. Uh, but I also know at the same time, the way that Eric teaches innovations, uh, that it's really not a hard pitch. It's not a difficult concept to present when you're doing again, direct to seller marketing. So I don't know that I think that it's a whole separate business. I do all the things mentioned and I don't look at these as separate businesses. I look at things, I look at it as things that my direct to seller marketing business does. Very nice insight there, tools in the tool belt. All right, Steve, what about you boss? Uh, I'm gonna agree with these guys. I mean, it's basically comes down to at the end of the day, how can you help the homeowner, right? Like what solution do they, do they need what problems do they have and how can you best serve them? And if you only have one tool in your tool belt, A, are you serving that client the best way possible? And B, are you giving yourself and your business the best opportunity to win? So I think you got to learn all these skills. You got to focus on one initially with cash, but just know that if you're going to go with cash only, you're going to have a harder time converting. You're going to have to add these additional skill sets. And right now, if your only tool belt, if the only tool in your tool belt today is cash, you're going to have a much harder time at this exact moment, right? So you have to add this, these, these additional skill sets right now. But generally speaking, the right time to learn it is uh, when you're starting the business. See, this is where I, I disagree with you guys, though. I, I don't necessarily think that the tool in your tool belt is buying it sub two. It's, it's based around what is the exit strategy if you're buying it sub two. If you're just a wholesaler and you're taking it down sub two, but you're selling it as a sub two, or you're selling it on terms, but you're, you're wholesaling it to somebody, I think that's still keeping you in the wholesaling business. And I, I disagree with CJ where I don't think we're in the direct-to-seller marketing business. Um, that's an aspect of what we're doing. But the question states, if you are currently a wholesaler, that's all you're doing, when should you start taking down properties like this? And I think that's where it becomes... What is the exit strategy when you're doing that? And that's being a landlord is a lot different than being a wholesaler. And it has to be another business. And I think maybe CJ, you feel different because you started out by 
acquiring properties before you're a wholesaler. Maybe that's the reason why you feel that way. I was a wholesaler before I started taking down properties. I think that's the reason why I feel this way because I felt like the broken focus is what set us back when we stopped doing our headshot concept of just wholesaling and tried to become a flipper and a landlord and an Airbnb person and all of these different things. I, I think there can be two rights, you know, like I, I'm, I think that the wholesale industry has gotten lost in the cash that's created from wholesaling. And I think we're in times and we will be in times in the near future where a lot of people, they were wholesale only focused, like that was their hedgehog concept and they only planted their hat there. Um, to Steve's point, right? They, those are the people that are going to be in problematic times because they don't know how to develop exit opportunities with other strategies. And so the difficulty in the thought is that if we're going to encourage people to be in the business and, and create active income and cash from wholesaling, uh, it's also on us as well to, to make sure that people understand that the sustainability of most businesses is based on baseline revenue concepts, right? Like having consistent baseline revenue that comes in that you can work your business off of. And I just don't think that plainly, I don't think seller financing is a difficult concept to, for somebody to insert. Yeah. And I would say additionally, right? Like there's different seasons, right? I mean, for the past few years, cash was great, right? Cash offers was great. You didn't really need that many other tools, but there are different seasons for different tools. Uh, and I would disagree with you, RJ, in that, you know, you don't feel like we're in a direct to seller marketing because we... <laughs> It, it all starts with whether we can hit the seller, right? If we can contact the seller first, if we don't get a seller to work with us, what are we selling? What are we doing? So let me, let me uh, first on CJ's <laughs> point on seller financing. Okay. I, I really want to know what's so damn funny. I, I want to look over your right shoulder. <laughs> look back over your other shoulder. Yeah. The, the lady, <laughs> be a lady, right, be yeah. a legend. It's nah, a great yeah, backdrop I, for you. Yeah. Nah, yeah, I love uh, that for our game, is, man. Right? I love that. It's 2023, RJ, guys. Look, it's 2023. Yeah. Leave the man alone. Leave easy, him, her easy. alone. All right. Just let's go. Easy. Wait until nah, we get to the I, Joe I, Biden question. Okay. I accept, go ahead, I, accept him, man. I accept him for who he is, man. Yeah. CJ, <laughs> on your point on seller financing, okay? I'm wholesaling. I'm doing five to six deals a month. CJ tells me to go do seller financing. I go out, I sell or finance a deal, and first month, guy doesn't pay me. Now I'm having to take broken focus away from what I'm doing to figure out how to do a foreclosure, take the property back. This is what I'm talking about. All right, but like, you're right, not right. prepared for those moments. That's you. where it can. But you can literally say that about everything. Like you keep yeah. attaching wholesale to like the dispo strategy. Wholesale is an acquisition strategy. There's more than one place to find equity, right? There's there's equity in the rate. There's equity in the, the length of time I have to pay somebody back. There's equity in the payment. And, and by understanding special finance and sub two and all this other stuff, we're able to discover equity in hidden places in a deal. There's nobody that says you have to go do a foreclosure. Do you paint your own homes? Do you, do, know, do you install the plumbing? Wholesaling is a dispo strategy. An acquisition strategy is cash sub two seller finance. Okay. All right, hold on so, a second. Hold on a second. Hold someone on. mute him for being dead wrong. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Shut up, Brewer. RJ, RJ, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. So you're this is if I'm understanding you right. Somebody's doing five wholesale deals a month, or you know whatever. Let's just say they make it on average ten thousand dollars a deal, or five thousand a deal, whatever. All right, and they've got a, a a monthly payment for a seller finance that's not personally guaranteed. All right, 
uh, and they've got a monthly payment for a seller finance, and it, that costs them five hundred to a thousand dollars a month. You don't think that's sustainable? I, listen, I agree that it's sustainable, but all I'm saying is is that the wholesaler needs to have their business set up where it can run consistently month over month with having a, a, an opportunity for broken focus to happen. If you decide to go be a flipper or a landlord, we, we or can a agree on that. We can agree on that. I, I do agree that your, your business should be at a point of consistency before you try to step into these other strategies. And I would highly agree. And I tell my students all the time to not make the mistake that you're mentioning because you are right in the aspect of people do get in. I see it all the time. People get into the business. They have some moderate level of success. They do a couple of wholesale deals to make a little bit of money. Now all of a sudden they're spending Money trying to learn novations, money trying to learn sub two, money trying to learn this, money trying to learn that. Now, now all of a sudden they want to do a fix and flip and be at Lowe's and Home Depot all day. And now they and then they come back to me and say, Oh shit, man, like my wholesale business isn't making any money. Chris, I need help. And it's like, well, you got away from the thing that was making the money in the first place. So I do agree with you in the aspect of that. But I think that the point I'm making is you've got to plan for that up front and and building out a business. You got to understand that it is a direct to seller marketing company at the end of the day. And you got to understand that the only way that you as a business owner, our job is to drive and increase revenue month over month. And if you don't know how to do other things, well, you're not going to be able to increase revenue in the particular climate that we're in is all I'm saying. That was definitely a very lively conversation. I feel like right now we're getting I'm getting even more Dahmer vibes from RJ. I feel uncomfortable the way he's staring at the camera. So I just want to point that out. <laughs> You you better watch out. It's the radon, the radon's getting to him. It's starting <laughs> yeah. to give him a, a I just feel like my name was just added to that checklist of his, and I don't I don't want to be off Yo, that list as soon man. as possible. Yeah, oh dude. man, I, I I can't be I can't be mad at this today. Um, all right, so that round, everybody brought up great points. I love the conflicting uh, viewpoints, even though you guys both kind of arrived at the same thing. There, you know, are these wrong answers? CJ. Um. There's Steve. There's Steve. Um, for this round, just based on the fact that he came in a little hot, especially in the text, uh, we're going to go ahead and give this one to EB. Good job. Congratulations, my friend. Appreciate you. If you could look at the camera today, that'd be great. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you. We're, we're tired of looking at the top of your head. All right. Next up. <laughs> Will we see a boom in short sales from 23 to 27 like we did back in 08 through 12? Go ahead and start us off, Eric Brewer. So, yes, we'll see a boom. Um, keep in mind, between COVID and, and you know, even right now, um, lenders didn't even have the ability to start a foreclosure. Um, and I think we see this all the time in, in, in mainstream media where they talk about these massive increases in foreclosure year after year. Um, that's because it was really zero two years ago because lenders weren't permitted to start foreclosures. Um, but there's no indication it's going to even be close to what um, 2008 to 2012 were. Um, I don't see how that could possibly happen. There's not enough foreclosures. And even people that are in foreclosure have a way better shot of having equity today than they certainly would have in 2010. So yes, we, so, we, we will see a boom. No, it would not resemble what we saw between 2008 and 2012. Very nice insight. Glad to see that you're informed. Glad you took that time right before the show to go ahead and research the questions. Next up, CJ, what are, what are your thoughts on this? I, I don't know that it'll rival 2008, but what I do know is this. I did a ton of short sales 2009 to 2011. 
Uh, and so my perspective on it is simple. I think it's going to rival it in terms of a business strategy. I think if you don't have short sales in the next couple, you know, in the next couple of years as a strategy with inside your business, that you're easily leaving money on the table because it's, it's not a difficult concept. It's something that banks are going to become more receptive to. They are right now, as a matter of fact. And so I think it rivals it in the sense of in, in that time period, 2008 to 2012, uh, most investors that were operating at a certain level, they had short sales as a part of their business strategy in terms of exits. Uh, and I think it's going to rival it in the context of that. I think, if again, if you don't have it in your wheelhouse uh, here soon, uh, you're going to be gladly mistaken. Very good. Very good uh, analysis there, CJ. We appreciate that. All right, Steve, what are your thoughts? Short sales, they coming back? Well, they're absolutely coming back, right? I mean, you can't have a drop in market value and not have uh, short sales, right? Like, if you look at everyone that bought a house with 3.5% down or 0 down, they lost equity last year, not to mention the 6%, right, for a realtor and everything else. So there's going to be short sales. And if you look at anyone who bought a house in the last two, three years, I think these are all people, once this recession hits or affects middle America or the rest of America, we're going to see short sales. But at the same time, it cannot have the same effect as 2008 to 2012 because that had a massive drop uh, in, in uh, market value combined with people intentionally walking away, right? Right now, just like today, sellers are opting out of selling in this market because they don't have to. They don't have to take the, the kind of offers that are coming in. In the next few years, you don't have to uh, short sell. If you don't have to sell, you wouldn't short sell, right? So I don't see the boom quite like before, but yeah, it's definitely going to pick up. Very good, very good. All right. What about you, RJ? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I absolutely think that short sales are, are going to, to come back. I'm, I'm already personally seeing it just in the first four days of me being back on the phones. I've already referred four short sales um, in, in this four days, um, which is drastic in comparison to what um, we have been doing over the past several years. Okay. Um, here's one of the reasons why I think it might rival 2008 to 2012. What's going to happen to all of those houses that we wholetailed? that we didn't come in and do the market improvements that now are going to lose the value where we essentially pushed the value up to close to retail. Now they've lost and then they fall into some sort of financial distress because let's be honest, our economy is not looking so hot. I think that's where we might see uh, a higher number of short sales come from where it's, hey, my house is not physically able to sustain the value and yes i am financially distressed because of what's going on with the economy i think that's what could push the numbers to rival 2008 and 2012. so i think one of the things you got to consider as well is when we had this short sale boom back in 2008 through 2000 i say probably more 11 than, than 12 was we didn't have these funds buying as much right uh the funds set a bottom on the market and we have funds buying today so i think that there is going to be a barrier on the on the bottom that didn't exist before so because of that i don't think we're gonna have the same free fall in value and if we don't have the same free fall in value we're not gonna have as many people intentionally strategic foreclosure i think that's what they called mm -hmm. it back then right we're not gonna have as many strategic foreclosures 
I have a question for RJ. If I buy a deal and I wholetail it, am I a wholesaler or am I a wholetailer? How does that? <laughs> what is that? Uh, I just because I'm. You're a flipper. But I didn't. I, I didn't renovate it. Because you you took it down and you're taking possession of the property. You can't be a wholesaler. Oh, so I got you. Wholesale refers to the title transfer. That's more about the not the price necessarily, but the way that I transfer ownership. Well, according to you, it's an acquisition strategy, and apparently, according to Potter too. So <laughs> your point. All I, all I see happening right now. Why did I get drugged? Potter, this? you know those you know those movies. You're the host. Somebody's got that wall and it's got all the pictures on it and there's like strings attached to different people. I just, I just, Charlie see, Day, bro. Charlie Day. I just, see, I just see RJ moving Eric Brewer like to the top. Yes. <laughs> you know, move uh, Eric past me. Thank you. This it's right in front of RJ right now. There's all these pictures on the wall. I used I'm to just asking questions, man. I, I didn't realize questions were offensive. I just, I'm trying to understand and I'm trying to tap into his experience. I apologize if that was the most hated panelist was CJ. It's now you. <laughs> well, Help at least Eric I can get to the top. Movieb.com. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We're going to have to have a videographer follow RJ at all times and share that location <laughs> at all times. That's why he doesn't have an iPhone, man. Oh, man. He, he doesn't. He doesn't want anybody finding him on Find My Friends. Exactly. Uh, all right. Fantastic. Fantastic round. I have my own personal thoughts on this, which I'm not going to interject. Um, but at the end of the day, I do agree with Steve on the setting the bottom and we're not going to see it as much. One of the other things that I think that I'm seeing personally myself right now is a lot of your veterans right now. A lot of them that get PCS orders are getting getting caught in that cycle of short sale. They're kind of one of the first ones along with reverse mortgages. That being said, point to Steve for this round. Good job, Steve. Proud of you. Um, I'm also going to go ahead and kick it over to Steve for a word from our sponsors. Yeah, so uh, the sponsor for today is 10XTV or TVWithTony.com. Do you want to get inbound leads calling you and get celebrity status in your market? Look no further than Tony Javier's 10X TV. Tony has been doing TV commercials to find consistent, motivated sellers for over a decade. It is one of the things that has allowed him to do over a thousand flips. He'll be use, uh, he will use his proven TV commercial formula to get high quality leads calling you and even set it up for you. Get in front of 10 times more people, 10 times faster, 10 times cheaper, with 10 times more credibility than any other marketing channel. Surprisingly, TV has little to no competition and get you a steady flow of motivated seller leads. If you want to see why over 100 real estate investors use, t uh, use Tony to run their TV commercials, go to tvwithtony.com to see if there's a spot available in your market right now. And to answer RJ's question, yes, you can wholesale and flip and do creative finance with these leads. You're not restricted to only cash offers. Hedgehog! <laughs> I thought he was going to say, like, when, when, when Chris was telling you, hey, you got to learn how to do short sales. You know, we're seeing a lot of more come in. I was just waiting for RJ's turn to come. And he just go, stay focused. That's wrong. Like, but RJ, you can buy it for 30 cents on the dollar. It's a short sale. Hedgehog. Like, oh, man. Oh, wow. Man. Uh, all right. 
I'm really excited for this next question. This was our hook. I got a lot of uh, interaction from a lot of people on social media today about this one. With Joe Biden officially running for re-election in 2024, what does he need to do to earn each one of y'all's votes? Go ahead and start us off, Steve. Well, for me, it's really simple, right? I mean, I think it's a really elegant solution. It's a really clean solution. And it's just to put me on the ballot, right? A Biden-Trang ballot, I think, just wins, right? Wu-Trang Wu -Trang in the White House, I think, win. Uh, but he's probably not going to do that. So the second thing was actually start listening and caring about your citizens. I would say that's probably where you start, right? Actually listen to the hurt that's happening across the country. Actually talk to middle America, not just the people in D.C., not just the people in New York, and not just the people in Hollywood. Right. Actually care about everyday Americans, what they're actually struggling with. I think if you actually cared, even to Chris's issues, right, with affordable housing, if you cared about affordable housing, if you cared about education, right, if you cared about anything, I think he would earn my vote. But he doesn't. He's entitled to one master. And, you know, I guess Godspeed to the lizard people. Outstanding. Um, nice to see Steve back on the uh, Caring about everybody train. It's a nice diversion from last week when you reference Chappelle with pop copy. So <laughs> ne next up, RJ coming coming from the basement. What are your thoughts? How's Biden getting your vote? There is no way in hell that man could ever earn my vote. I, listen, I feel like the president of the United States should always be respected. And this is like, to my core, I struggle with this because I have zero respect for this man. And it's like, so I just respect the position. Like sometimes I struggle when I talk about him in front of my, my kids because I'm like, son, daughter, he's the president. We're supposed to respect this position. But I just, I, I despise him. I, I'm sorry. I just, I can't stand for anything that he stands for, what he does. There is no way that I would ever vote for Joe Biden. That's all I'm going to say. I'm, I'm going to try to not be canceled by half of America, but I, I, I can't do it. I just unsubscribed. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Brewer. How's Biden getting your vote in 24? Uh, I was concerned at the last 15 seconds there, RJ was talking about me. <laughs> um, and, uh, he respects the position, but has no respect for the person. So I was glad to hear him clarify at the end that he was in fact talking about our current president. Um, I think my knee jerk emotional response would be the same as RJ's. There's no way. Um, I think we've all witnessed firsthand, if we're being honest, literally from the, the day this guy took office, this country has deteriorated in, in almost every meaningful way. And, and I try and mean that as, as objectively as possible, right? There's um, no real way, I think, to spend that. If I remove my emotions and I don't bring my um, bias to that question, I think I would say the same thing that I would say about any person that was running for president. I want to see that they represent my best interest in the things that, that, that I care about. Um, for me, that would be taxes. Taxes are a really big deal in the way that taxes are dispersed, um, hopefully fairly, um, across uh, the entire population. I want to restore some American pride. I feel like more, more so today, um, less and less people actually um, are proud of the country that we live in. And that makes me sick because I remember a time when that wasn't the case. And I'd love to see us reduce the st 
sort of division that's taken place across the country very visibly um, and sometimes violently. So um, if I'm not being biased and I said, hey, I'm going to give this guy a shot, I'd want to see that he was equipped to, to do a good job in those categories. I love it, man. Brewer got everybody fired up, ready to vote for him over here. All right, CJ, what about you? What's Biden doing to earn your vote in 24? Yeah, it was very, uh, very political from Brewer. I mean, first and foremost, I got to say, I did get a text, you know, on the back channel. From somebody sent me a picture of somebody like RJ with, uh, with no hat on and the, and the glasses that you had pre-show on, uh, on Potter. Uh, voting, <laughs> voting Democrat, <laughs> voting Democrat. And it's absolutely crazy. I, it's, I'm pretty sure it's him, though. I'm pretty sure it's him. They had a hockey jersey on that said Titanium. Oh, dead giveaway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's him. As far as Biden, man, I think RJ and his clone are the only one that are going to vote for Biden in, in 24. Uh, I think Eric said it well. I think uh, Steve said it well. I think it's extremely unfortunate that uh, the Trump train and Biden are our options going into 24, as it looks like. Uh, What's, what's unfortunate is that we don't see from Biden any interest in the American populace, right? Like, uh, I vote based on my interest alone. And, and what I don't see is any care of, of anything is what it seems like. I don't know what happened to Kamala. I'm not sure where she's been hanging out. She might be. Hopefully she's not in that, that wood panel room uh, with, with RJ. Right then now. you would never. Because I, 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 I haven't I haven't I haven't seen her anywhere. I don't know where she's been at uh, since the election, but I don't see Biden coming out for the people, man. I don't see him being intentional about doing anything to move uh, the country forward. I think the country right now is in crisis in multiple ways, uh, financially, economically, uh, you know, in terms of our relations with uh, for our foreign relations. Um, and I, I don't see any stance being taken uh, at all. So the only way that he could earn my vote in 24 uh, would be with some sort of stance uh, in protecting the interest of us as Americans. And unfortunately, uh, Biden's an NPC, man. I'm, I'm not really sure what he's doing over there. Uh, he just kind of pops up when they need him. And he's like, we can have Bernie's. And that's pretty much all we that's pretty much all we Dude, get. And he, go, he goes back in. You can always count on him with ice cream. You can always count on him with ice cream. You can always count on ice cream. He rides, he rides this. bikes well. He rides his bikes well. I mean. Just just picture this, how 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 awesome this is going to be, all right? The Trang Biden ticket. I'm sorry, Biden Trang ticket, right? Just picture this, right? We're going to have two Chinese Americans on that ballot. Like, how could you not vote for that? <laughs> <laughs> I One guy I think, for the Chinese and one guy here who's actually Chinese. <laughs> I think that CJ does the point for this round just because he didn't bring up affordable housing and I <laughs> he was gonna say affordable housing excellent restraint by cj uh, before he said it, it and his it. internet just froze and we didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, affordable man. internet is more important at the moment <laughs> Now, shout out to affordable internet, bro. I need to get a new, I need a new ISP, bro. Listen, I think like while we're on that topic, like the the real if Biden said it best, a hibbity hobbity a who, uh, my hairy legs. That's it. What else? I mean, that's all you need to know. I just want to point out that somewhere along the way, DeAndre did point out that the webinars are crisp. So I don't know crispy. exactly what he's doing. Oh man, super crispy, super crispy, man. I don't know what yeah. he's doing right now during PTD, but I just want to point that out. 
I got to call <laughs> tech support, man. Let me call tech support. <laughs> all right. That went about how I think we all expected it to. Um, it was wonderful. You know, RJ, you make some very, very valid points. I do believe I'm just going to give that round to CJ for no affordable housing. Um, obviously, he votes <laughs> off his interest, which is affordable internet. So, um, or reliable internet for that prob- for that matter. Oh. I don't know. Maybe Biden's taking all of it over in DC. Maybe he can send some down to uh, Richmond. Uh, you know, bro, so I'll be a lady, be a legend, bro. <laughs> <laughs> be a legend, man. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Next <laughs> next up, what is the most interesting thing that you found in a home you've purchased and why? Start us off, CJ. I don't know. I feel like I've been in too many houses. Uh, I never look at the questions in advance uh, like my counterparts here. So when I saw the question as the show was starting, the only thing that sticks out in my head the most that's appropriate to say, you know, I guess on uh, I don't want Steve to to fire me. Uh, so I, I can't say the most interesting thing, I guess, but I would I would definitely say uh, we found like these old like a hundred plus year old uh, liquor bottles from a bunch of different like really popular brands. I've still got a bunch of them uh, kind of sitting in my garage right now. So nothing nothing crazy, nothing too spectacular, but uh, some kind of really good condition uh, kind of historic bottles that I've been able to hold on and uh, keep uh, keep up with. Okay, all right, all right. Go ahead, Steve. What about you? Uh, the most interesting thing I found in a home was an underground bunker, right? And it wasn't like a bunker with like, hey, like doomsday scenario. This is a bunker where like, I don't know what happened here. I don't want to ask any questions. This looks like something out of a movie, right? So, uh, and if I recall correctly, we did actually, um, able to effectively wholesale that house, but I'm talking to the homeowner. I'm making eye contact with the homeowner. I'm looking at this little bunker thing in the backyard. I'm looking at the homeowner. It's like, I hope, hopefully this guy doesn't hit me and put me in here. Um, uh, come to think of it, it might have been RJ. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would say the most interesting thing was a backyard bunker. And God knows what he was doing with that bunker in the backyard. That, that was the last time Steve did business with RJ was on the bunker house. <laughs> All right, RJ, what about you, man? Well, what's the most interesting thing? So I'm going to cheat on this question because I want to talk about one that I tried to buy, but I didn't get house that I bought. We had the misplaced mirror right above what a bed. I don't know what they use that mirror above the bed for, but on the house that we didn't get, we missed out on this by $5,000. There was a newly poured slab in the backyard and my buddy that bought it come to find out there was a dead body underneath the newly poured slab. You can look this up, Winnetka Street in Dallas. What happened was, gentleman broke into the house, murdered the homeowner, stole his identity, then sold the house, got all of the cash, and buried him in the backyard and poured a new slab and got all the funds. He eventually got arrested, is in prison now, but that we we missed out on that house by $5,000. I'm really glad I didn't do that. And I wasn't going to wholesale that. I was going to flip it, but... I'm going to go there with Eric because he's shout just going to keep going. Shout out to Titanium Title on uh, <laughs> <laughs> keeping, keeping, keeping the title report clean and, uh, and letting the murderer take the identity, man. Titanium uh, Title. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. All right, Eric, what about you? What's the most interesting thing? 
it doesn't sound very interesting now that RJ found a body under a, a concrete slab. Um, but I was in a, um, a house we actually bought um, off of auction.com and it was occupied. Every once in a while, we'd you know, get a good feel for whether or not the, the interior rehab um, would be manageable. And we bought this house and then I had somebody go out to the house after we bought it and try and make nice with the occupant. And, you know, we offered her a couple bucks if she would allow us access and promised to work with her to find her a new place. And uh, my guy said, hey, she's willing to let us in tomorrow at three o'clock. Um, I met her out there um, and, and my acquisitions agent. I walked inside and there's one of those um, adult swings um, in the house that is designed for fun play, I guess. And, uh, it was super awkward. Uh, it was also in the dining room, which was even more weird. Um, so we're all standing there kind of around this swing in the dining room and you can't, I mean, what do you do? Do you address it? Do you say, Oh, what's that? Or when was the last time you used it? Or, you know, it, it just, so we were all just quiet and sort of stood beside it, but that was, um, I think the most interesting and, and awkward thing I've ever found in a house. So you bought it. Um, so we this did. is not a house I bought. But this house I, I went through. Dinner served. I went through, and it was did the same exact thing. Did you flip it, Steve, or did you wholetail it, or did you? I did nothing. Did with you it. define what you mean it. by? I just well, what were it. you going to do if you did buy it? Would I don't you know. have? I'm still figuring out acquisitions, disposition strategies. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to figure all this stuff out. But I, I will share with but you. But you right? have like, to do that before you can call yourself a, a, an investor. Or you gotta, you have to. What are you? <laughs> he bought it an wholesale investor. and then flipped it. So I walked in. So house. is that a wholesaler or a flipper? That's a great question, really. And by the Not way, it probably was RJ with the bunker because he hedgehogged underground <laughs> and created himself a little, you know, igloo down there. Um, How can so, you argue with someone just so wrong? You you were like, it's really hard. You should, it's a great <laughs> tactic. If you just say blatantly disrespectful and inaccurate shit, nobody I'm can sorry. really make a logical <laughs> argument with you. I'm sorry. I just found out. <laughs> I'm changing my answer. I'm going back. The only way I'll vote for Joe Biden is if Eric Brewer runs against him. I will vote for that moron <laughs> over Eric Brewer. <laughs> so going Don't back. Deal. Going back to the story I was sharing, <laughs> I had Eric's exact scenario, and they had a dominatrix room, right, in one of the rooms, and I guess they intended to lock it, but they didn't. <laughs> so I walk into there, and I look at it, it's like, oh, there's a massage table. That's interesting. Huh. Yeah. Oh. And I close the door. <laughs> With a tether ball like, pole there, sticking you? up under it. You didn't walk in there, did you? I, uh... <laughs> And thus, real estate so disrupts. to tell you, Steve was in on the massage table for 25 minutes before he came back out. Uh, All right. We're going to go ahead and wrap that one up. That was fantastic. Um, I think clearly RJ is going to win that round. Like, dude, fine, you know, that's just wild. It, he it's wild. He's disqualified. And you know what? It doesn't matter. The people spoke. Um. Yeah. Eric, there it is. You're one ignorance and wins. No, I took I took that one to the chat. I took that one to the chat. So changing the rules um, mid game. No, I'm not changing the rules. Make take away Brewers points, please. Um. Last question. It in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> last question. What actions or attributes? that you appreciate from your spouse, partner, and support of your business 
entrepreneurship and success. So what are the actions and attributes that you are looking for and appreciate in your spouse? Go ahead and start us off, RJ. I really appreciate it when they let me know how every time I disagree with everyone on the disruption, how I was right. They back it up with facts. <laughs> they go on to Google and they have it written down and they say, yep, Eric was wrong. He doesn't know what he's talking about. You can't fix San Francisco with affordable housing, like CJ said. <laughs> Honestly, really the only one that they've never really ragged on is Steve because Steve is the smartest one here. I mean, so really it's just to reiterate that I am accurate and I am intelligent and I do know what I'm talking about. If they just keep that confidence up, keeps me going. He's got a Stuart Smalley mirror at home. <sighs> This question is clearly brought to you by Smart Water. Thanks for the answer, RJ. Appreciate you. All righty. All right, Eric. What about you? Um, I would say patience. Um, you know, my entrepreneur journey has, has not always made me the best spouse. I've worked long hours. I've come home cranky. I fielded phone calls at important times when we were out on a date or at a kid's soccer game or football game. Um, so for me, patience to allow me to to mature through that process and, and not judge me about where I was at that particular phase or season. You don't have life. to explain. We clearly understand what you mean by patience. We've had to deal with you on here. I don't know that you clearly understand anything, Hillbilly. So why don't you just relax for a second? I'm not your wife. I don't agree with you blindly. So um, just just chill. So. Uh, Patience, and I would say um, accountability. She's also um, able to to have enough patience, but also push back um, when I've gone too far. And uh, I think those two things have um, allowed me to be married for a long time and allowed me to build a business and not burn out and ruin a marriage at the same time. All right, CJ, what about you? What are you looking for uh, from your, or what are you looking for from your spouse with regards to that? And I think the most important thing is uh, understanding and perspective, you know, understanding that this, this journey is brutal. This journey is rough. It's going to have upswings. It's going to have some downswings, great days, bad days. Uh, and that, you know, as entrepreneurs, man, we're not, we're not always the, I don't want to say the best people. We don't always show up the best uh, for the people that we love in our life, the people that we care about. Uh, and then I say, you know, just perspective in the sense that, uh, you know, unlike RJ, man, I, I pride myself in having, you know, people around me that I can bounce things off of. Uh, they can call me on my shit. You know, they can tell me when I'm right, tell me when I'm wrong, uh, help me see other ways to look at things. You know, I'm pretty strong headed, uh, not as, you know, not as strong and bald headed as RJ, but, you know, strong headed nonetheless. And having somebody to bounce perspective off of that can kind of give you thoughts, give you insights uh, and help you morph and change uh, how you're seeing things as the person is leading and making those decisions, uh, I think is extremely important. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Last, but certainly not least, Steve, what are we looking for? I got someone that's, you know, ride or die right with me to the end. Uh, when I started this journey, um, you know, I thought it would be easy. I thought I was going to crush. And the reality was I, I struggled mightily. Right. So like, you know, as a husband, you're supposed to provide for your family. Uh, as I failed in the early part of my business, my wife got a second job so I can keep this going, right? So she is there no matter what. I would say that's the first thing. 
Second thing uh, I would say is the perspective. She helps me reframe things, right? Like we get in arguments, right? We get in heated arguments, but she's right <laughs> more than I want her to be, right? So she offers uh, excellent perspective and, and helps me stay, um, I don't want to say grounded, <laughs> at least closer uh, to reality versus, you know, being in the clouds where everything's always perfect and everything's going to work out just fine. I just want to say that I was brutally attacked this round. Eric called me a hillbilly, and CJ said I'm bald-headed just out of nowhere. It had nothing to do with his, his answer. <laughs> it's all right. Just go home. Your wife's going to say it's all right. Yeah. Don't worry, RJ. You, you have hair. You're not a hillbilly. You're very sophisticated. <laughs> you'll get all that stuff when you get home that's not what you come here for <laughs> yeah imagine rj going home <laughs> and being told now nah, you got beautiful hair don't, don't, <laughs> don't, listen to, don't listen to that chris man yeah don't listen to that guy yeah oh well i feel safe i'm i'm definitely number three <laughs> right it's gonna go eb then cj then probably me and then Potter. No, nah, I think I'm above you. Week. Yeah, Potter's above you, Steve. Hey, hey all right. All right. Perfect. Perfect. I, made, I made it into the top three. I get a medal. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible judging every week. You get a, you get a piece of titanium, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it? We got, no, we got nothing else that we're going to add or uh, talk about? Nothing? Nothing? All right. Fair enough. All right, so for that round... I'm gonna I'm gonna say Steve, you're gonna get the point that round um, for the ride or die. Uh, shout out to Chow uh, for all those that uh, don't know. She's uh, she's a very very nice lady. Um, kept Steve afloat so that we could uh, be here on Thursdays at eleven thirty. Um, <laughs> there you go. So <laughs> so that means we have a tie. We have a tie between Steve and R.J. Bates the third. Well, RJ wants to kill you. I just put that out there. Wow, Steve makes a valid point. RJ, uh, what's your what's your argument to that? <laughs> My argument is is that the only don't be a lady, point, be a legend. The, <laughs> the only points that Steve got is when they were really the most lame answers, and you more just did it like a courtesy, <laughs> like okay, Steve, you get the point. So I, I guess the real question is. What are we going to do now that Steve won this week? What, what are we going to do? Fantastic question. <laughs> what is <laughs> Eric? I, <laughs> I swear if Eric ever gets that upset again. Like, I've just lost confidence in our system. It's like, it's, oh, man. Cal calm down. Calm down over there, bro. Calm down. That being said, congratulations to Steve on winning this week. As always, thank you to our sponsor. Uh, we have TV with Tony 10X. Go ahead and go to TVwithTony.com if you want to go ahead and get started. As always, thank you everyone for interacting uh, with us on social media, YouTube, chiming in. We appreciate everyone's support. Even with the JV squad being here today with Eric Brewer. That being said, we're going to go ahead and kick it over to everybody to go ahead and say goodbye to you. CJ, start us off. Yeah, I guess I, I understand now, you know, why RJ and friends were so, you know, adamant 
about Georgia recounting the election votes, uh, you know, and getting Arizona figured out uh, on the election votes. Maybe that's what it was. I, I get it. I get it. Uh, salute, salute to Steve on the on the win here. All right. Uh, all seriousness, Chris Jefferson, Richmond VA, Charleston University. If you want to tap in with me, send me a DM on Instagram. Always fun hanging out with you guys, talking shit uh, every week. Uh, I'll see you guys next week, man. Much love. Hopefully, we'll have that internet up and running by next week. Thanks, CJ. Steve, I gotta, I gotta get Steve to put some money on the budget. <laughs> KPIs, um, baby, KPIs. Great show as always. <laughs> fun. Uh, I just, you know, there's an opportunity for for Biden Trang. You know, uh, whoever is out there is running the election, just let them know. Just you know, put the name in the in the hat there. And if someone could just buy a freaking course from Chris so he can get some good internet, like man, <laughs> God, that would be like. We were saying like your top pick. I think my top pick would be someone to handle Chris's internet. But <laughs> please, here we are. Please, man, let's get that GoFundMe uh, link up in the YouTube, guys. Let's go ahead and get it going for him. All right, RJ, coming <laughs> coming to us from the bunker. Go, go ahead and say bye to the people. Yeah, looking forward to next week's episode. Uh, it'll probably be <laughs> what is wholesaling, so we can explain it to Eric Brewer. <laughs> Uh, um, looking forward to that. Um, also, uh, for those of you that don't already follow my journey and Cassie's journey, uh, go check us out on YouTube, RJ Base the Third. We're literally going live four days a week for eight to ten hours a day. Cassie's on the phone right now talking to a seller live. Um, that's buying properties and then wholesaling them as the disposition strategy. We'll show you how to do that live for 50 days in a row. Four days. All right. All right, Eric, go ahead and say bye to the people. Yeah, we'll see y'all. I, I had a lot of fun. I appreciate everybody on this panel. You guys make me sound smarter, look more handsome. More you have great hair. And uh, just overall, it's a it's a big boost in my confidence every time. That's actually why I occasionally miss just to try and keep my <laughs> ego under wraps. Uh, shout out to the U. We know it now stands for I need a USB to get my internet working. Um, but if anybody wants to break away from the hedgehog handcuffs and learn novations to get your deal flow up, um, look me up at brewermethod.com. Outstanding. Uh, thank you, Eric, for, for that. We really appreciate you. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for laughing and having fun with us today. We will see you guys next week on Thursday. Have a great one.